Christ the Lord, cornerstone, weak made strong. That's a great song, and I love how Oakbridge City played it. I love the cello. Wasn't that good? Added a little bit of class, uh, so that's, that was really cool. Now, I want to show you, start off today, this is part two of the series called Why, and we'll break from it a little bit for next week for a special Mother's Day message. Uh, but I want to show you a picture, first of all, of my granddaughter, uh, Lola. I just all want you to see her real quick, and then, isn't she cute? You know, she is a hot mess. That's, that's the term that I'll use for you, her Hair is always messy, she's sassy, she's uh, adorable, and uh, there's four things I kind of want to tell you about Lola that kind of tie into the message. In fact, I could say these four things, and for the couple people that are here, I could tell you we're done, you can go home. For you that are watching online, I could tell you that if you apply this in the way we're going to apply it, that you could probably leave. So the message would be all of a minute long, but I've got a few more things I want to say about that. But let me tell you the four things that she says. When I first see Lola, um, I'll say, Lola, come give me a hug. Come give me a hug. And uh, she'll say, sometimes say, no, no. Now, you know how that feels to see a little blonde that's, you know, 30 feet away from you, that's your granddaughter, that you say, come give me a hug, come give grandpa a hug, and she says, no. I said, that's one. Here's the second thing is, I'll say, Lola, I said, come give me a hug. And she'll say, no, and then I'll pull out a sucker. And I'll say, now will you come give me a hug? And then she'll come and run and give me a hug. Now that feels pretty good. It feels better than the no and she just stays away. Well, the third thing is, is I say, Lola. She comes in, says, Lola, hello. And she says, hi, Grandpa. I said, will you come give me a hug? And she says, yes, and she runs and gives me a hug. So that's better than having to bribe her with some kind of food or some kind of little toy. It's certainly better than when she says no, but it's still not the best thing yet. And it's still not the best thing. The fourth thing is the best thing is where she gets out of the car and she sees me, she steps inside of the house and immediately, without me saying anything, she runs to me and says, Grandpa, and gives me a big hug. That sends me soaring. That, I would say this, moments like that, it doesn't get any better on this earth. When I don't have to bribe her, I don't have to entice her, I don't have to ask her, she just comes and she gives a hug. That's the exact way, by the way, that I think that some of us are with God. And I think the way that God wants us is not that he's got to bribe us, entice us, not that he's got to ask us, but that we just run to God. And really, that's, I'm going to try and make a case today of why we should do that, why we should just run to God in every circumstance, in every situation, in every age, and every stage of life, why would she run to God? It shouldn't have to be through a bribe. It shouldn't be where you stiff arm him and say no. It shouldn't have to be where he has to invite us. It should simply be that he is God and we can run to him. And that's where we're trying to go. And if you're a person right now that says, well, I don't get any reason why I'd run to God and I'm not sure who Jesus is. Then if you just hang tough for a little while, just for about 25 more minutes, I think you'll get a version of, of, of why I want to run to God. Why well, I love it. Uh, when I can uh, make a, an actual thought about God, say, I want you, God, I want you. You don't have to do anything, I just want you. And I think that's, that's a better way to live. Anyway, I wanna give you a couple recipes. Here's a little question for you first before we move on into that why, why God. Uh, you can see if you can guess this recipe. I'm gonna do two. They're for cookies. And uh, the first one is my favorite cookie, but here's what it is. One cup of all-purpose flour, a half a teaspoon of ground cinnamon, a half a teaspoon of baking soda, a quarter teaspoon of salt, a half a, half a cup of unsalted butter, a half a cup of brown sugar, 
a quarter cup of granulated sugar, one large egg, one teaspoon of vanilla extract. Do you know what this cookie is yet? These last two ingredients will give it away. One and a half cups of old-fashioned rolled oats and one cup of raisins. What kind of cookie is it? An oatmeal raisin cookie. No question about that, an oatmeal raisin cookie. Here's the second one. Oh, that's my favorite cookie, second favorite cookie. One cup of butter softened, one cup of white sugar, one cup of brown sugar, two eggs, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, one teaspoon of baking soda, two teaspoons of hot water, a half a teaspoon of salt, three cups of all-purpose flour, and then here's the key one that will give it away, two cups of semi-sweet chocolate chips. What kind of cookie is it? A chocolate chip cookie. Now, here's the point I kind of wanted to make about these two recipes. Uh, there's some key ingredients in there, aren't there? There's some key ingredients. And if I took out oats, and if I took out raisins from that first cookie, even though there's a bunch of other ingredients, it's not an oatmeal raisin cookie. No matter what you call it, no matter what you have there, if you don't have those two ingredients, it's not an oatmeal raisin cookie. It may be a cookie, but it's not an oatmeal raisin cookie. The second one, if I take out the chocolate chips, it's not a chocolate chip cookie. It's a cookie, but it's not a chocolate chip cookie. So really having the key ingredients is what's important to making a cookie a cookie. So I thought today, here's what I'd try and think about. And by the way, famous Amos cookies. Don't you guys miss these at Oak Ridge? I'm gonna take just a quick bite for you. They're good, they're still, still very good. So anyway, third thing is, so what makes a Jesus love cookie? That's what I want to ask. I shouldn't have bought that, I should have ate that cookie. What makes a Jesus love cookie? What are the key ingredients of a Jesus cookie? What difference do those ingredients make? How do those ingredients impact a person like Lola immediately opening the door and seeing her grandpa and running and hugging her? How can, how can these key ingredients of this cookie impact us that when we get a glimpse of God through nature, through song, through his word, through the love of a, of a person, that we run to that and we never want to leave it. This Jesus cookie is critical. What are the key ingredients? We're going to see that in a second. What difference do these ingredients make? In other words, you automatically know that without oats and raisins, it can't be an oatmeal raisin cookie. They're critical. Same with chocolate chips on the chocolate chip cookie. So what difference do these ingredients make? How often should we eat this cookie? Then I wrote this uh, yesterday. We should get fat on these love cookies. That's how often we should eat them. I mean, if you say, boy, I've picked up some weight. If it's on this Jesus love cookie, then it's the right, it's the, it's the right way to go. The three main ingredients of this Jesus love cookie. Where'd the recipe come from? Those other two recipes, there's a website called allrecipes.com uh, that my wife will use now and then or we'll read about now and then. Those other two cookies came from the allrecipe.com recipes. And they're good recipes. Where does this recipe come from that I'm going to tell about the Jesus love cookie? Where does that come from? John 15, 9. Here's where it comes from. John 15, 9. As the Father has loved me, this is Jesus speaking, so I have loved you. Now you remain in my love. So Jesus is saying, this recipe comes directly from the Father of how he loved me, talking about Jesus. And this is how Jesus said, this is how I have loved you. And he says, and now you all, us, today, even today, now you remain in this love. This recipe is the recipe for love. This recipe is the recipe that will keep you running towards God. 
towards God. It's the right recipe. And if some of you have had a problem of, of your, your walk with Christ or your faith walk not meaning much to your life, then maybe you have to reevaluate and think about these things, uh, these three main ingredients of this Jesus love cookie. Ingredient number one. Ingredient number one of this cookie. The main ingredients. There's, there's other ingredients, but this is the main one. Ingredient number one is freedom. Galatians 5, 13 through 14, Paul writes this letter to a group of Christ followers in this area uh, in Asia called Galatia. And here's what he writes, this truth. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, speaking to Christ followers, were called to be free. So let's stop for a second. So this is Galatians 5, 13 through 14. He said, you've been called to be free. Meaning God has called you and given you freedom. And then he says this, but, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. In other words, he says, you've got freedom. You can do whatever you want. God's given you freedom. That's part of his love equation. He gives you freedom. But don't use it to indulge the flesh. Don't use it to do some things that are harmful to you and harmful to others and at the dismay of God. Don't use it for that. He says, you can, but don't. For the entire law, that's the Old Testament scriptures that they have, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So what Paul's saying is you have a freedom. You have a freedom. And the freedom is, is you can do some things that aren't loving, the opposite of loving, or at least don't lead to love, or you can love humbly. That's what you can do. That's the first ingredient. So I want you to understand you have freedom. You have freedom to choose to use it. Now, this is so important to understanding God. Because remember, Jesus says, I love you the way that God loved me. So God's given freedom. This is so important to understand this. I'll give an example. Let's say I had three apples. And uh, I, I said to you, I said, look, you've got three apples. Uh, I want you to give one of, two of those to the two people over here. And you said, uh, no. And I said, no, really, I want you to be generous. I want you to give two of those apples if you can. And you said, no. If I forced you to give two of your three apples away, would that be generosity? No, it would be forced. I just took it from you. It wouldn't be generosity, it'd be forced generosity. And forced generosity is not generosity, right? You can't have generosity if you're forced to do it. That's not generosity. That's not the definition of, of generosity. So therefore, I can't force you to be generous. I can only encourage you to be generous, ask you to be generous, but I can't force you because if I force you, it's not generosity. It's just me powering up and taking it away from you. It's the same way with love. What God has, how he's made this thing is, he's made it in freedom, meaning he cannot force you to love. He would not have Lola walk in the door and force her to come to love him because that would not be love. That would not be love. He wants us to come freely. So there's a freedom in love. And the freedom is you can love or you cannot love and do the opposite of that. That's your choices. And God leaves it up to you to do that. So see, we have a choice, don't we? Do we want what we want to indulge the flesh at the exact time we want it, when we want it, or do you want to serve one another in love? That's what God's saying. And Jesus says, I've chosen to serve you in love, not to indulge the flesh. That's what he chose. And he says, and I want you to love the same way. You've got the freedom. I won't love you any less if you don't. But it makes a difference. So I wrote down some indulgences of the flesh. Here's some indulgences of the flesh. 
How about physical assault? If you've ever felt like you want to smack somebody and you did, you indulged your flesh. How about robbery? How about just violence on beating up somebody? How about an abusive relationship? That's an indulgence of the flesh. Now, God's given you that freedom because love is, freedom is part of love. So obviously he says there's the good part of love, which is serving one another love, and there's the bad part of it, meaning the part you can abuse where you indulge your flesh. Murder, that's a part of that, freedom. God hasn't prevented anybody from murdering anybody. Getting drunk, getting in the car, taking somebody's life. That's an indulgence of the flesh, isn't it? That you needed whatever it was, or, or drugs, whatever there is, or greed. How about sexual assault? Every sexual assault is an indulgence of, indulgence of the flesh. It's not serving one another in love. From rape to whatever you want to put in there. So here's the point I want to give you. Freedom is part of love because you cannot have love without freedom. God made it that way. And you have some choices. And those choices that we make, that I make, that you make, sometimes lead to what the Bible would call indulgences of the flesh or not the way of love or not the ingredient of love. That's why I believe there's suffering on this earth. When people ask the question, well, why did God allow that car to cross the line? Well, why did God uh, not keep that person from doing that uh, with that gun? Because he loves us. If you can get this through your mind, it's a hard concept. He loves us and he's given us freedom. And that freedom can cut both ways. It can cut both ways. So if you want to know why they're suffering, it's because God has given that freedom. He didn't make us robots. If he made us robots, there would be no such thing as love. And the best moments of life are when love is at the center of it. The best moments of life is when you have a grandchild hugging your leg. When you have somebody that has called you and said, I'm just thinking about you and caring about you. All those things are so important. I think that's why they're suffering. God's not going to ever force Lola to run to him because that's not love. He's going to give her the freedom to do so. And if you can understand this, he's never going to not love her if she chooses not to love him. He still loves her. Now that's, that's huge. So quick question on that, just for a lot of us that are watching, certainly in this room. How are you doing in that category of freedom? If we put a little chart up there, are you indulging the flesh more? Is that at the top of your list, maybe in your relationship? Or is it serving one another in love and getting the benefits from that as opposed to the temporary pleasure or regrets that come from this? See, that's what Paul was talking about. First ingredient of the cookie of love is freedom. If we don't have that, we don't have a Jesus cookie at all of love. It's not there. Second ingredient is choice. It's kind of like freedom, but it's not totally. It's choice. I want to read this. Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. Paul this, writes this letter to the church at Ephesus. And he talks about uh, God. And he says, For he chose us in him 
before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Stop for a second. God chose us before the creation of this whole world. In other words, before there are any stars, any sun, any moon, he had an idea of people created in his image. And he chose us to say, I want you to become blameless in my sight but yet I'm gonna give you the freedom. And the freedom might live to you to have some indulgences, some sins that break people, that hurt people, that cause you regrets. And then there's other times where you're gonna get it right and it's gonna be expressed in serving one another in love. He said, so how can you be blameless in me? He says, if you choose me and choose my son, Jesus, that's what the predestination is, that my son, Jesus, will come to make you blameless by taking away your sin, but it's gonna be your choice. So to read back again, this whole thing. For he chose us, us, in him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in sight. In love, get this, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which is freely given us in the one he loves. A long-winded way of saying it, in love, he gave us Jesus, so we can one day stand before him holy and blameless because that's how much he loves us. He gives you the freedom to live how you live. He gives you some, some thoughts and some, some ways to live that are better. And he says the way of love is always better. And then he says you have a choice of how to live that love and who to follow. And here's why I say choice is the second part. See, it's a choice. Love is a choice. It's not a feeling. I've been married to my wife, Kathy, for over 40 years. First, before we were married, this first six years we were together, I've been together since I've been 14. We didn't have one argument, one disagreement. We weren't on the same page one time for six years. We look back on it, we call it the bubble time period. Now, I didn't know anything about what was going on in my brother's life and my older brother, Steve, or uh, Kathy didn't know much about her sister's life, her older sister, Cheryl, because we were in such a bubble, it was just us. Now, I will tell you this, the feelings of that bubble were phenomenal. I mean, it was a oneness, it was a amazing. But love is better than that when you choose. See, since then, we've had some hardships that have come our way financially, relationally, all, you know what I mean by that is life. And some of those things of life, the busyness of life have taken away some of those feelings of love. Meaning, and we've had to make choices. I love her, she loves me. It is a choice. In love, we made that choice. God chose me, he chose her, and we choose to love one another over and over every day, every year, every age, every stage of life, you choose it. And sometimes the feelings are phenomenal and sometimes they're not so phenomenal. But the choice to love one another is always so powerful. See, when you choose to love, it overcomes past brokenness. See, if today I choose to love her with some of the other ingredients that God gives in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 to 5, if I use some of those other ingredients, it gets rid past brokenness, a word I said or something I did. It's right. 
It gets back past history. Love overcomes the past history. I can mess a lot of things up, but when you start actually loving and making a choice to actually love and serving one another in love, it heals a lot of your past history. A lot of you guys, you, it's part of your past, but it can stay in the past. You can change. And then the other part of it is, it, 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 take, it takes over from some genetic predispositions. Can I say that? See, some of you were just born more loving. Some of you were born, it seems like, you know, just with a chip on your shoulder. But if you can choose to love, and you can, if you choose to love, we can overcome those things of how we were quote-unquote made. Some of those things that were easy for some people, not easy for others. When you choose to love, it makes all the difference. Listen to this in Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates. Can I just substitute the word chooses? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. He chooses. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ loves us. He chose to love us. While we were still sinners, he chose that. Love is a daily choice. Not to selfishly indulge in your flesh, but to unselfishly serve those around you love. It's a choice. You can make that choice daily, whether you feel like it or not. Make that choice. That's the love cookie. That's the love cookie. That's the Jesus cookie. So I wrote down this formula. Love equals choice over feelings. And if you're in a moment right now where your feelings are so good and you just are walking on clouds, enjoy it. But make the choice to love. And if you're in a moment right now where it's a dark cloud and it feels like it's an icy season, you choose to love and see the power that comes from that. But the third part of this cookie, this love Jesus cookie, is, is commitment. It's commitment. It's not temporary. Love is a commitment. Jesus' love has no off switch. Can I make that statement? If we're really loving with the power of a Jesus love cookie, there is no off switch. It is just on. How am I going to love today? How's that going to look? How's that going to feel? How am I going to love today? It's a commitment. God made a commitment before we were made to love us and to have us be able to come back to him holy and blameless. God made a commitment to show us, show us what love was through Jesus, to show us that we can forgive people, that we must forgive people, that we can say we're sorry, that we can be wise in love, spread it out however we can, that we can sell, set loving boundaries for people. But this Jesus cookie is so good. Here's what God wrote. What we read in John, what John wrote about this love. It's a common verse, but I just want you to understand it from the point of view of choosing love. From the point of view of what these ingredients are. John 3, 16 through 17. You've heard it for some of you that are Christ followers a million times. It's all tied into the recipes of this cookie. John 3, 16, 17. For God so loved the world, that's us. He so loved us that he gave, that he gave is his choice, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, makes a commitment to him, trusts in him, wants him, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to send uh, Jesus into the world to condemn us. He didn't come to force us to do anything because that's not part of love. He came to bring love in the full embodiment of Jesus, God in a bod. And he said, this is what you gotta do. There's freedom, I've given you freedom. Make the choice, make the choice. It's bigger than feelings, make the choice. And then make a commitment to it. He didn't choose to condemn us. So how's your Jesus cookie recipe? Where are you at on the freedom side? This, the indulgences of the flesh or are you serving one another in love? The cookie's a whole lot better when you serve one another in love. It's got a whole lot of bad stuff in it if it goes the other way. You got that choice. Second part of this, how do you, are you, is it a choice? Or are you just waiting for the feeling? Or you say that feeling's gone? Make the choice. What's crazy is, this is what's so nuts. When I make that choice over and over again, then it seems like feelings start to come back. It seems like I wanna love more. And certainly that's it with God. God, you've given me the freedom, thank you. I choose to wanna love you and follow you. That makes a huge difference. Recipe for Jesus, freedom, choice, and commitment. Make a commitment, there's no off switch. Make the commitment. Say, this from this day, I'm gonna follow you. There's no off switch. No matter what happens, no matter what problems come from life, from you giving freedom to people and some people abusing it, I'm asking you, here's what I'm really asking you to do. For some of you, I'm not asking you to stand and stay away from God like Lola did from me when the door opens. I'm asking you to run to God. I'm not asking you to have God's trying to bribe you, saying your life will be easier. It may not be easier. It'll be better, but it may not be easier. So I don't think that God's bribing you. And I don't think he necessarily wants to just ask you and call to you, although I believe he does that. I think he wants you to know him and to run to him freely. And for some of you who've been Christians for a long time, followers of Jesus for a long time, he wants you to get back in there, put these three ingredients in full force. And then for some of you, it's the first time ever. He wants you to accept him. Accept the freedom he gives you. Make the choice. Make the choice that God loves you and Jesus is the proof. And then make a commitment. Say, I ask him to be my savior. I ask him to make me holy and blameless before God by, because of his love, taking my sin and my shame and me taking his righteousness. See, that's a beautiful thing of love. No greater love than this, than a man lay down his life for another. That's what Jesus did for you. He did that for you. No matter what you've been, no matter where you've been, no matter what you did last night, last week, last year, he loves you. That's the love. That's why anytime doors open, I wanna run to God. I wanna run to God. I, I can think of nothing more important in my life and to have my children and my children's children, when they see a glimpse of God, when they feel to run to him and to mark their life by that. And I think maybe many of you feel the same way. So there's some of you, I'm just gonna just ask you, just straight up, there's a little tab that should be coming up on your screen right now. And it just says, I choose to accept the recipe of God's love for us. I choose to accept the recipe 
of God's love for me. He's given me freedom. Sometimes I make good decisions, sometimes I won't. The bad decisions will hurt me and will hurt others, but God will love me no less. The good decisions will result be me serving people, making our community, our lives better, my family better. I'm gonna make a choice, not based on some emotional response of a moment. I'm gonna base it, this on the choice that I want this God. And then I wanna make a commitment that there's no off switch on this. This is where I'm going. That's what Jesus was. That's what Jesus lived. There was no off switch. For 33 years, he tried to show us this recipe. And he said, there's no off switch until I take my last breath. Then it's finished. And then I'll rise victorious over your sin. So if you want to click that button for the first time right now, then just click it. There's no magic in that, but there is magic. There is a mysteriousness. There is a wonder and empowerment in trusting Christ with your love for him by trusting what he did. Here's the three takeaways as we step away and sing our last song together. The recipe for the Jesus love cookie is freedom. We can make it good or bad, that that's our choice. That freedom, we can make it good or bad. Second part is choice. And it's more than a feeling. It's, more, it's better than that, it's more than a feeling. And the third thing is commitment, that there's no off switch. Before I pray, I'm gonna give us one scripture verse as we close, John 15, 12. This is Jesus' command. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. I've loved you freely and always chose to serve you. My choice in spite of emotion was always for you, for us. That's what Jesus did. And I'm committed to you until you take your last breath. God, we thank you for this time. And we thank you sometimes for the why of things that are always tied into your love. God, sin does cause suffering. We've experienced it, we felt it. Unfortunately, we've given it. And dear God, sometimes this broken earth and broken world brings sin with it and disease and weather disasters. And yet you've told us to always look towards you that you're greater than those things. And that someday we'll understand the power of this love. And right now we just need to accept it through you, Jesus, and trust in it. God, we love you. Thank you for this day. Help us to run to you this week. It's in your son's name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Let's sing this song together.